Ontario's Labour Minister Monty McNaughton says he is quote-unquote interested in pursuing a benefits plan that is tied to workers and not their employers. The whole concept is among 21 recommendations that just come out now from a final report from the Ontario Workforce Recovery Advisory Committee. And I'm pleased to welcome to the program Dr. Rohinton Medora, who is chair of the Ontario Workforce Recovery Advisory Committee. Thank you for having me. Uh, there's a, a lot in your report. Perhaps the the number one thing that's being focused on is this idea of of tying a benefits plan to a worker and not an employer. How how would that work in practice? So, the whole point of technological change and the fact that we're going to have multiple jobs and multiple careers in in our lifetime and especially our children's lifetime is that as we move, we should have the security that we require. And therefore, at present, most benefits plans are tied to the firm. If I have an extended health insurance plan, it's with who I work. And when I move, I lose it. Instead, what we're proposing is a system in which I have access to an enhanced health insurance or any other kind of plan that stays with me, the individual. So as I move from job to job, it is still fully funded no matter what job I hold. There's of technical details that we suggest that an expert uh, committee look into, but the principle is the way I described it. And you propose that it would be a government agency that would oversee that? Not necessarily. I think the government certainly has a role to mandate this kind of concept. How it's executed, I can see it being done um, by a government agency. I can also see the government offering a plan that competes with other private sector um, uh, provided plans. I can also see a private public partnership on this. There's different ways to achieve that end. You also propose more transparency in terms of uh, working agreements uh, with gig companies. How would that be enforced in a province, considering these are large multinationals? You know, the analogy I'd use is with rental agreements, right? where you can have incredibly complex agreements that, frankly, uh, most people wouldn't understand. And what we now have is a template that you can go on to and have a simple uh, rental agreement. And same as for insurance policies, that you want to know what's the common English explanation for it. And it's that same principle that we bring in this case, and we suggest that even if it is a multinational company, if it is operating in Ontario, it is subject to Ontario law and Ontario norms, and it is perfectly within the scope of the government to mandate either simple, easy to understand agreements, or to create simple templates that can be used, or to mandate that there's a common sense explanation for what we're signing on to. Um, some work groups have been somewhat critical of uh, the mandate of your group that you were uh, perhaps not given enough time uh, by the government um, and that consultations were somewhat limited. Uh, could you respond to that? You know, I'm a researcher, a policy researcher by profession. Uh, I would say I have no doubt that had we been given two years or six months or eight months, the report would have been longer and had more footnotes. I get that. But I can also say with absolute certainty that everyone who wanted to speak with us did. 
we had something like 700 submissions in person or in writing. Uh, the uh, consultation period was a long and intense one. At the end of the day, we were provided a window of opportunity to make a difference in an important jurisdiction. I don't believe, had we had more time, that our recommendations would have been any different. I think the core recommendations are exactly what they should be. And there is a law, Parkinson's law, that says work expands to fill the time available to it. Um, I very much subscribe to that law. And I do think the time we had, while compressed, made for intense work and made for a good report. I'm speaking with uh, Dr. Rohinton Medora, who is the chair of the Ontario Workforce Recovery Advisory Committee. Their report is now out. One of the things that really grabbed me, there's a lot in there, uh, but I, I particularly was interested in your talk about what you said about non-compete clauses and how they are continuing to creep into all kinds of different work where we haven't seen them before. And we know that they're not enforceable in the courts, but they put a chill on employment and the ability for workers to move from place to place. Could you comment on their use and how they've been expanding? You know, the thing about non-compete clauses in the technological era is that a lot of what you know is in your head. And the whole point is a firm doesn't want to lose its trade secrets and other kinds of intellectual property just because it's, it loses a key person. And so in the day when that kind of knowledge resided in just one or two or five key people, the non-compete clause made sense. But in today's economy, what we find are all kinds of um, workers are being subject to it. There's instances where people working in a perfectly ordinary job have non-compete clauses built into them. There's, but we heard about a bit of abuse in this area. And so what we're suggesting is that the government use its power to limit the use of non-compete clauses to define more clearly when they should be used and when they shouldn't. And this is one of those areas where there's a lot of gray area, but that's not a reason to not act. Uh, the minister has said he is, I think the quote is, interested in portions of the report. Um, reports notoriously end up on shelves gathering dust. Uh, what's your hope for your report? Look, one reason we were given a limited time and we have a few cogent recommendations, just 21, is that we have the strong sense that this minister and this government wants to do something. An example of that, even though the report wasn't made public until today, this government has already acted on three things that we suggest in the report. One is access to washrooms for delivery folks who uh, visit companies. The second is indeed the non-compete. And the third is the so-called right to disconnect legislation. When we submitted our interim report in middle of August, the government picked up on that and has already moved on it. And that leaves me optimistic, not necessarily that all 21 recommendations will become law uh, soon, but I know that it's listening. Dr. Modora, I very much appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining us. Likewise, thank you. That is Dr. Rohinton Modora, who is the chair of the Ontario Workforce Recovery Advisory Committee. And that committee's report is out now.